0: Hello and welcome back to the Q's Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm also a 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a degree in broadcast journalism. I am so glad you found our podcast. Joy Cho started out designing products for clients at a New York City fashion-based ad agency after graduating with a communications design degree from the College of Visual and Performing Arts at Syracuse University. Always the creative type, Cho founded the Oh Joy blog in 2005 to market her work as a graphic and product designer. During a time when social media was in its infancy, Cho combined her social media savvy with captivating content to launch her own lifestyle brand, Oh Joy. Shifting her focus from designing products for companies to promoting her own creative spin on home decor, Cho has become a trailblazer in the world of personal style. A home design expert, Cho was one of the first users on Pinterest. Now, with more than 13 million followers, she is Pinterest's most popular creative influencer. An accomplished entrepreneur and author, Cho shares her personal style preferences discusses her love for bringing color into people's day-to-day lives, dishes out advice to spruce up your home decor, and much more on the latest episode of the Cuse Conversations podcast. Joy, I probably boosted you up a little bit with that introduction, but thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's it's really impressive, Joy, because I, I find it that when we bring our guests on the podcast, I try to tell their story of, you know, what makes them tick and how they've achieved their career successes. And your story to me is just fascinating, Um, rising up to really form this online presence where, you know, you you promote home decor products and furniture. Uh, You have partnerships with national companies like Target and Petco. Take us through, how did you get started down this line of work in the first place of being someone that people turn to uh, for advice on, you know, decorating their lives and having some style?
1: Well, it's been a very gradual, organic road, I can tell you that. Um, just to give you some background, after I graduated from SU, I moved right to New York City without a job um, to find my first graphic design job. So I was communications design at VPA, and so graphic design was like my path. I found a job in um, a small ad agency, which I was there for a couple of years, and then I eventually moved on to another company where I was getting to also design products. Uh, for some lines that were available at Target. And so I my first few years out of school, I got to dabble in not only corporate graphic design and um, sort of B2B types of work, but then I also was able to transition into design that was B2C, where the, the customer, like a, a normal everyday person, was the end user. And so I love that. And Honestly, the only reason I left New York was because my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, was starting a long-term residency in Philly, which is where we're both originally from. So I moved back to Philly with no job, with the expectation to continue my graphic design, sort of like what had evolved into a product design, surface pattern design career, and I wasn't finding the exact job that i was looking for and in the meantime i had to freelance i had to make ends meet i couldn't just you know be unemployed and so i started freelancing as a graphic designer i also started a blog now this is 2005 at this point so 2005 there was really no social media people didn't know what blogs were i barely knew what a blog was but I started one anyway, and it sort of just became, it was just for fun. Um, I had also got engaged that year. So it's just a fun way as a creative person to basically do an online scrapbook of my inspirations and my ideas. And slowly people started reading it, like strangers started reading it. And what it ended up happening was that blog served as a marketing tool for me to get more clients for my graphic design business. And so it really started as that social media, early days of social media was a marketing tool for me then. And then it wasn't until, you know, a few years later that I was able to really start focusing on Oh Joy, the lifestyle brand that I had created, which that blog was turning into and slowly taper off my uh, client work. So I'm really fast forwarding you, but basically from the very beginnings of Oh Joy 2005 to now, which is now almost 15 years later. We've evolved very organically and gradually over time, still a design company, but really a lifestyle brand where we partner with various companies to design uh, product, different product lines. So we've been at Target, we've been at Petco, we've had Ojoy Band-Aids, we've had Ojoy Clorox wipes, uh, but then also daily content is a big part of what we do in terms of um, bringing color and joy to your everyday, whether that's through home decor, like you mentioned, or through outfit ideas or through recipes or gifts. There's a whole bunch of different things. And I think the really amazing thing is that being able to start as a graphic designer and still use those skills to this day, but to have evolved it into a lot of different things as a creative person has been really fulfilling.
0: Is it something joy where, yeah, no, it's it's incredible your transformation and it's great to hear how you've You know, this is such a personal endeavor, doing a blog, having any sort of social media presence. You're not, I imagine you're not doing it at the very beginning, thinking that the dollars are going to roll in. You want to offer a service of helping out with people who might have questions about anything regarding, you know, their lifestyle. And, and, And being someone who's this lifestyle brand expert, I guess, how would you describe your style? What is Joy Cho all about when it comes to, you know, take us through like your home and your wardrobe? What is your style?
1: Um, so, so to go back to your earlier point, like uh, for sure at the beginning, I wasn't expecting it to be anything. I think it's different now when people are starting uh various social media platforms, like you see the potential of what things could be or how brands can grow or how people can grow as brands. But back then I had, I had no idea. So I was just kind of just putting random stuff on, on the internet. It was really very random and not at all, um, super high quality, but you know, that's that's how it goes. Um, but in terms of my style, I mean, it's really evolved over time. And again, I think that for anybody listening, whether it's your personal style, your art style, your creative style, um, your design style, whatever it is, it's not something that, you know, from day one, it's not even something that, you know, from day like 4,000. Um, and so for me though, over time, oh joy, having been 15 years out, but me as a person being almost 41 it's taken a lot of time and really it's only been the last decade. I think that I've really refined and understood my personal style, but um, I love color. I love pattern. I love being able to show people how just bringing that into your day to day, whether it's the way you dress or your home, really just, can uplift you you know not that there's anything wrong with black and white and neutrals there's nothing but a lot of people actually love color and they love the idea of making their lives more colorful but they feel really overwhelmed on how to do that they feel like they can't mix and match they feel like a lot of color tends to look young or tends to be for kids but it's really just feeling confident about it, having a few key tips and tricks on knowing how to apply color to various parts of your life, and then just going for it and just knowing that if it makes you happy, then that's all that matters.
0: That is such an important lesson, regardless of what career, uh, what venture you're in. If it makes you happy, go ahead and do it. Chase those dreams down. Enjoy. It's so great to hear you talk about you know, just the the, the passion that you have in general for what you've evolved with your, with your blog and with your social media following. Um, Obviously you mentioned this before, this wasn't the path you intended to go down. um, When everything kind of started back in 2005 with your blog, was there a seminal moment uh, when you had launched o Joy? and by the way for people that are listening it's o Joy. that's o h j o y.com is the blog that you can go and check out all these awesome resources you know collaborations that joy has been a part of uh, and and it's a great great resource for people that are trying to improve their home decor they want to spice up you know again your your fashion you want to add some color to your to your lifestyle this blog is is amazing there's a lot of great resources was there a seminal moment, Joy, where you started to think, boy, this could really take off to be more than just you know a marketing tool for some of your products?
1: You know, in the first couple years of that blog, when, when my main job was still very much being a graphic designer and designing for clients, I mean, I saw the evolution. I saw the evolution of when people started being able to pay me for ads on my site or when people started to inquire about various things that weren't part of the services that I expected to offer. Um, it definitely took a few years, partially because I was very cautious and partially because it was very unknown. I mean, to think that you could charge money to put somebody's ad on your site or to do content with a brand at the time sounded insane. I mean, I was like, this is too good to be true. Now I know that it's a real thing, but also it's a lot of work. You know, it, it's a, it's it's a lot of things that you have to consider, and very similar to taking on clients in any other way. Um, partnering with brands is is taking on clients. It's a similar type of thing. It's just the uh, the only other thing is that your brand has um, their name on it, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of things to consider, all in in great ways. But I don't know. There's been lots of moments. I know you're asking for like that single moment, but I think that there was a point in which. Um, when I had my first daughter in 2011, that was probably my first turning point where, uh, as I was figuring out my transition of maternity leave and what that means when you're self-employed and self-employed as a employee of one and a, and a company of one, I was able to tell my graphic design clients. That I wouldn't be doing that work anymore once I came back from maternity leave and I would be focusing on everything Oh Joy related. Um, and so that was the first point because I knew that the rest of my business, uh, and the Oh Joy brand itself had gotten big enough that I didn't need to necessarily design for other people. So that was cool. Um, and then there's another big point and roughly around 2014 when our first, uh, target line launched, that was probably like a huge, it was. It was a huge mel hit for, for
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a nice. Uh, you've made it on the national scene when you get to be in in Target, and and that's probably a nice realization that people. Because with a blog, with anything that you're doing on the internet, it's really hard to know, especially early on, what impact you're having. Um, whether, you know, you're doing it for yourself, but like you said, you wanted to make money because obviously, you know, life is expensive. You want to have food, you want to have clothes, you want to have a roof over your house, you want to have fancy, colorful, uh, clothing items you can show off as part of your home decor. It would be kind of hypocritical if you were living in a a little box while trying to advocate for the the benefits of, you know, do it yourself, home improvements and, and decor updates. But, you know, it's great to hear that it it took off and that target really kind of that, that is a nice little launching point. You know, for your uh, career, how did you feel about the interactions with people? Because there has to be a level of trust, I would imagine, if like someone's watching your video, uh, your do it yourself videos on YouTube or anything you do on social media. It's got to be a level of trust that these people place. So, you know, if I reach out to Joy, she knows what she's talking about. How did you kind of go about getting that trust or currying that favor? and proving yourself to be someone who knew what she was talking about with home decor.
1: You know, I think that a lot of it, the cool thing about social media is that it provides a voice for anybody who wants to put their voice out there, right? Prior to social media, in order to get a line at Target or in order to get uh, known in any way or in order to be seen, you had to have a TV show, have your work in a magazine, like somehow get featured in some way that was a lot harder just because the time it took for those things to happen was a lot longer. Whereas now with social media, it's instantaneous. And so it gives access to anybody to share their voice. And when I say voice, like, is it your literal voice? Is it your artistic style? Is it, you know, the way that you write? And, you know, is it anything? And so I think that for me, just because from the very beginning, I was just very... I was just myself and I still am myself. I put out the things that I know that I have an eye for or that I feel confident that I know what I'm talking about. And over time, people, if they like your aesthetic, they keep following along. And not everybody's gonna like my aesthetic, and that's fine. I have a very specific style. I have a very specific customer. You know, my my demo is 99% women, and that's fine. You know, there's you just start to know your audience. And this is just more of a marketing and branding thing too, but you start to know your audience over time. You know who's coming to you. You know who your regular readers are, who your regular customers are, and you keep speaking to them. And for me, I'm also somebody who has grown, you know, over the last 15 years, my life is much different 15 years ago than it than it is now. Um, I've gotten married, I've had children, I've, you know, grown my business, like, there's a lot of different things. So you also have to just sort of speak to your real life, as it makes sense. Like for me, my brand and my life are pretty intertwined in the sense that I'm showcasing the things that I really, really like and I really believe in. Um, and so it's just very natural for me in that way. And I think that if everybody follows sort of their natural gut and their natural inclination, the things that they naturally gravitate towards and are strong at, then that's just sort of the best combination because, you know, it's easy to see what other people are doing out, especially with social media. It's easy to see what other people are doing and having success in, but you need to figure out what you're really good at. And that's the thing that you're going to have success in, not in the thing that someone else is really good at.
0: Well, Joy, I'm sure there's a ton of projects you could point out, but are there any that really stand out to you that resonated for, you know, someone reached out to you, they used your services, and and how you helped them, you know, bring some color, bring some splash into their life and whatever platform we're talking about. What are some of the most memorable projects you might have worked on with some of your clients?
1: To me, our clients now are the brands that we partner with either for social media content or for product lines. And so in many cases, you know, I'll go back to Target. We were, we had a three-year contract with them and we did some amazing things. We went from home decor to party goods, to baby items, to pet accessories. And so to be able to work with a brand like that, where they obviously have to reach a mass audience, but also they're known as a cool mass brand. It was a really, really, fun thing to be able to participate in, but also, you know, you do have to think about their audience in a different way than who might be my audience specifically. They're not always one and the same. Um, But in terms of sort of our readers and our customers who are getting all, who's getting all of our social media content for free, um, I think that a lot of the things having to do with any time I can show people how to adjust Something, whether that's the wardrobe ideas that I had mentioned or whether it's the home decor ideas, all it is and the whole point of it for me is if these tips give you joy, they then give you confidence. And then if you have more confidence in your life and in the way you walk about life, it can only make your own life better and make you more confident to go after and fulfill your own dreams because, you know, if you're not meant to follow me and to watch me to just do that and only that you are meant to watch me and hopefully get some ideas that you can bring them into your own life and and bring it into your, take your own spin and do whatever it will do to help you in, in your journey. And for me, it's all about that confidence because especially with women, you know, um, we go through our life with varying degrees of confidence just because of all the evolution of, of, um, Teenage years and everything—it's like it's so crazy. And so, I just want to have the tools to be able to give people that will make them happier, more confident people. And for me, that's that's the lifestyle stuff. You know, I'm not good at everything, but the things I'm good at, I'm happy to like try to help people and empower them with those tools.
0: Now, as we're sitting here, uh, Joy talking during the pandemic known as COVID-19, these are. Unprecedented times for for all of us, and more people are staying at home and having to shelter in place. I know the country is slowly starting to reopen, but we've spent a lot of time over the last weeks and months getting to know a place that is pretty familiar to all of us—our homes. If someone is listening to this podcast and wants to go about a project, maybe they think, you know what, I've got time on my hands, uh, I've got a little bit of money, I want to go out there, maybe do a home improvement project or want to do something that could be simple or grandiose to kind of spruce up their their home what kind of advice do you have for us
1: yeah i mean i think it's all about now that we are home as you mentioned and we're trying to think okay here's the time to finish that one room i've never gotten to finish or Here's that time to hang up all that artwork that I bought that's just sitting in the corner or to rearrange this room in a way that I think the flow is better. It's kind of about what's going to make you happiest right now because it's it's tough to say how much of a change you want to make because it's so budget specific. Right. You might say, Joy, I have no money spare, I can't spend anything which is completely understandable. So I need to work with what I have. And in, in which case, I think that there are some great things that you can do in terms of just um, taking a look at the land of your room and changing up flow. And if you have you know, somebody to help you move furniture around real quick, just like look at how it flows. And if, if it's working for you, and if it's not, change it around. The worst thing that can happen is you have to put it back. Um, but then if, if you're like, you know what, I do have a little bit that I wanna spend on just like upgrading. There are some things I need artwork to be, is the very first thing artwork and plants um, plants are relatively affordable places like home depot and gardening stores are are open right now for curbside pickup um, and some for delivery and that's one thing that i've done you know in during this time is i went from living in a house with zero plants to now living in a house with a ton of plants, at least you know a couple in every room. And it really does add life to a space, especially because we're not getting to leave our house as much and walk around in nature. It just sort of brings a little bit of the nature to us. Um, in terms of artwork, that could be art that you have had. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was kind of the person for a while where I would buy these random things here and there, like a poster, a print, whatever, and they would sit in the pile and they never got framed. Um, so whether that means actually framing stuff or sending them to an online framer or just hanging them up because they've been there and they've been ready or buying a few things and supporting a small business right now. You know, there are so many small businesses who are struggling um, and these are, whether they're Etsy shops or independent artists that you know, or maybe some of your fellow SU alums who sell prints, you know, use it as a chance to, to decorate your space, but also to support a small a small business while you're at it.
0: Yeah, we really do need to take care of those small businesses because right now they're endangered with obviously the financial uh, struggles that we're all going through. And it's it's great to hear you mention too. Um, you think about it, Home Depot and Lowe's and these home improvement stores are deemed essential. People, the, the lines, every time I go, I just bought a, a new house with my wife myself and we're constantly Running to Home Depot, running to Lowe's, getting stuff for the the place to spice it up and make it really feel like not just a house but a home. And and we've been very thankful to have our jobs where we can still work from home and work on our homes at the same time. So, yeah, if you're able to, this is a great opportunity. Start small, go for one room, add some color, add some plants, do something that will make you feel, you know, accomplished. Because it can be joy, it can be overwhelming. Uh, and I know I've been I've been enjoying looking at some of your your blog posts. Uh, on building a house, and there's a guest bathroom blog post that and some videos that were really uh, entertaining. And I think that it's really cool that you know you just don't put the advice out there. You practice what you preach. How much fun has it been for you doing these do it yourself videos to really take your readers and your followers into what joy is doing to make her house the best that it can be?
1: Well, I'll tell you the short version of what we've been doing is that uh, we've actually been building, we've been building a house from scratch for the last six years, um, which we also just recently moved into a couple of months ago. So that is a massive project of a lifetime that, I don't really recommend because it's very difficult. Um, <laughs> this
0: might be a one and done, is what you're saying? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But no. But that being said, though, I've been documenting it online for the last couple years. Um, like in the actual last couple years of the build process, because I think it's super interesting. I think that while building a house isn't necessarily something that everybody wants to do, there's so much that I learned from it that you can apply to even a smaller renovation or a single room renovation and then all the way up to decor and designing which is some of the stuff that i'm starting to show now so that being said it's been cool to actually um share my thought process in an actual home that i'm living in because for a decade prior to this we've lived in an apartment in la um that my kids were born and, and raised in, and it's been our first home, but it was a rental. And you know, you're very limited with rentals and what you can do, which allowed me to share great content too then. Like, what can you do in a rental? But to be able to have a home that I own, that I can do whatever I want with, it's just been a great way, I think, for me to show the ideas in action. Uh, prior to that, we were doing a lot of home decor um, tutorials at our studio which is just like a big open blank space. And we would set up these rooms and everything. And it's great because it allowed us to sort of show anything, but to apply it to a real space also really makes a world of difference.
0: Now, I I have to imagine, Joy, at some point in your life, you realize that you have this creative bug, that you're good with creative outlets. Do you realize when that was, when you started to have that realization that, you know what, I've, I've got this really creative ability. Maybe I can make a a career out of this.
1: Um I have been an artsy kid since I was little. I mean I wasn't the I wasn't the kid who played with dolls or Barbies or like any of the typical things that my friends were playing with. Um I was always making stuff. I was always baking. I was planting things so i knew from early on that that was sort of part of me because nobody else was into that stuff um, <laughs> and which i can appreciate now but back then when when you're 11 and 12 you just want to be into the same things that all of your friends are into so and up until teenage times i mean i was always thinking gifts i was always making stuff for people as gifts so by the time it came to get ready for college, I mean, I sort of had done my research enough to know that graphic design was a job that you could, or, or a major that you could get a, a good job at. It was very versatile. So I'm very happy that I went in that direction because it really made sense for me and it really prepared me for so many different things that I ended up doing, having that base design degree. I don't think that I thought I was going to turn into a career right away, partially because my parents are um, immigrants from Thailand. So for them to think of as a job was very difficult and remember this is also a really long time ago if things have evolved and changed now for i think uh kids growing up today but i finally convinced them to let me go to Syracuse um with to go to art school there because if for some reason it didn't work out there was a million other majors that i could major in over there but luckily it worked out and i think that being there doing going through other things and going through the, through the communication design program i loved it so much and i knew so luckily it was pretty it was pretty i pretty much stuck to what i had planned on and um i think just getting to try things out honestly i did a lot of weekend art classes when when i was younger and in high school and i tried a lot of things out just to know i mean same thing with internships. I tried out a few different internships in New York City before I eventually moved to New York City. Number one, to know if I would like living there, but also number two, to see what kind of companies I would want to work at. And in some cases it was perfect. And I said, this is the kind of company I wanna work at. And in some cases it it sucked. And I was like, I do not wanna work at a company like this. And so that's how I knew. So to me, trying things out is such a great way because you don't really know until you actually do it. no book can prepare you for any specific job or career or future. And those are all great to help guide you, but you really have to get experience to know if you're meant to do that thing.
0: And you mentioned coming to, to Syracuse University and you kind of had to convince your parents a little bit that you know art school and doing graphic design and communications design was a prudent choice for, for your future. Once you swayed them, once you made them realize what all alumni realize, how great Syracuse is and what a great environment it is, to learn and have your education kind of cultivated. What are some of those valued memories that you hold with you joy from your time on campus? And what are some lessons that maybe still stick with you to this day from your time on campus?
1: Oh man. I mean, one lesson is that if you go to school in Syracuse, New York in the winter, you should make sure that you are prepared. Because I was I remember those days of you know class doesn't get canceled very easily there the way it does in other parts of the country when there's weather um and I remember like chugging through two feet of snow with my giant portfolio to try to get to to our class and just um but it made me tougher. That's the thing. It made me tougher doing those things. I told a lot of all nighters, and in a moment you're thinking, what am I doing like why why am I working so hard but it honestly made me. Tougher and like a, a really strong employee when I started working for other people. And I really think it, it started my work ethic. So honestly, I think that there's moments where you, you complain about the stuff that you're doing in school and in class. But as a, as a grown up now, like a good deal decades out of school, I just, I just look back and just know that like I trusted so much in what I was doing that it 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 all worked out. Like it all worked out if you just like trust in what um, curriculums and teachers are providing for you and just stick with it because I mean, teachers are amazing. And I don't think I appreciated teachers in general when I was younger, like I appreciate them, but not to the level that I do now as a parent um, and also a parent who has to try to pretend to be a teacher right now too.
0: <laughs> yeah kudos to you for the stay-at-home parenting and uh and faking it till you make it when it comes to educating your children <laughs> when it comes to you know your career as well you don't get this point of having the success without having a good work ethic where do you think that work ethic and that drive and dedication to be the best where did that come from
1: i think it came from my parents i mean my parents as i mentioned are immigrants from thailand and they also started their own business um My dad started a Thai restaurant when I was five and he had four other partners because he couldn't afford to open a restaurant by himself. And he slowly over time, as he was able to save more money, bought each one of them out until he was a sole owner. And then he went on to open three more within like the peak of their um, businesses. And my mom had a normal nine to five job, but she would go and help my dad afterwards. So my parents worked so hard. I mean, when i was a kid i didn't appreciate it because i just saw them as being away from from me and from me and my brother i didn't see it as the sacrifices they were making but as an adult and as a parent now i mean i appreciate it so much and i completely see it and so just with them i mean they their work ethic was impeccable i mean and it was very non-traditional it wasn't like your normal desk job situation but they always worked so hard they always did their best um, and I didn't, you know, you don't realize how much you learn from your parents when you're a kid just by watching them, but you do, you, you know, they model so much for children and, and kids pick up on everything. So whether it's good or bad, but in this case, it was a good thing.
0: And if you, again, want to go check out Joy's blog uh, to see all the different activities, uh, you can go to Joy. Dot blogs.com is the actual blog link. The site I gave you earlier was to the ojoy.com uh, website as well, which has a bunch of great offerings. If you go to ojoy.blogs.com, you can see all of the blog posts about home decor, food, fashion, do it yourself tips. And of course, there's the links to your social media presence. And now, Joy, I have to bring up, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, two things. You, having earned uh, most influential people on the internet, Time Magazine did a list of 30 people who are influencers, and you were named as one of the 30 most influential people on the internet. So belated congratulations on that honor.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) And that, of course, plays hand in hand with your Pinterest following, which I still, I know what Pinterest is. You apparently are very, very good at Pinterest with more than 13 million followers. Can you give our listeners some insight into your experience with that site, how you got started and how the heck you went from being one of the first users to the most popular user in the world?
1: Uh Um, It's so interesting how things happen. Um, And so even social media, it blows my mind all these things that have come up that you would have never even known about a decade ago. Uh, So I, I did join Pinterest pretty early on as, as a beta, beta user, uh, before it was public, like you still had to get an invitation. Um, and because by the time it came out, which was roughly in 2010, I had already established uh, my blog five years prior. So in terms of content, I had already been creating content for many years and I had an aesthetic that was sort of growing and that I, I had locked in on. And so, By the time Pinterest became public and a lot of different websites were writing about it and were featuring different people to follow, hey, you should follow this person, you should follow this person, here are some users who have been on there who have been doing some great stuff. I think I just got featured in a lot of those articles because I had had sort of established a presence on there um, and had a aesthetic built in. And so that's sort of what happened. I mean, I really can't explain it much more than that. Um and you know, I think that I was featured on the about page of Pinterest for a little while too, so that was kind of a fun thing. Like when people would first go to it, it showed me as a case study and so I think people followed me from there as well. So it it just grew really fast in the first couple of years and um it's been a really fun, interesting thing. I mean, Pinterest is sort of one of those platforms where you use it you use it to keep track of things, you use it to kids to you know, back in the day, if I saw something in the magazine, I would rip it out and I would put it like in a clear envelope and put in a binder. That was sort of my way of scrapbooking things together. But now you have Pinterest and there's so many things online and it allows you to organize things so nicely and also have secret boards if you're working on projects um and you can share them with people. So I just find it to be such a great tool for a creative person. And whether you're a creative person for your job or you're just a creative person in your spare time, there's just so many things that you can find and keep and refer to later. so i I love it. I mean, it's just sort of one of my favorite things to use.
0: The faith that people have, i I, I just I find it so fascinating that you know you're a trusted source, and it's your style, and people might adapt it to their own lives and their own uh, their own trends and fashions, but they're coming to you because you're a trusted voice on this community. And the fact that you're a Syracuse alum is just icing on the cake out there. Uh, so we're very happy to have been able to tell your story. I kind of want to go and spin ahead a little bit, Joy. What do you think is, is next for you? If you have a children's book in the works, you've published a couple of other books on, on blogging and creative inspirations. And now you've got this children's book coming out too. Uh, what else do you see down the pike for yourself?
1: Well, we actually already launched one of the kids' books. Um, so prior to this year, I had written three books. A couple on uh, various types of business, blogging and freelancing, and then one was more of a coffee table DIY book. But this year, we're launching three kids books with Scholastic. Um, One already came out, called Be Curious, that came out in April, and then the other two come out later this year, which has been super fun and something that's been a dream, especially as a parent. But I think in general, in terms of the future, I... I tend to not think super far ahead. I've learned that, yes, there's logistical timing that I need to do with planning ahead a year or two in many cases for some of our projects, especially ones that involve products or books. But in terms of, you know, when you're looking ahead and people say five or 10 years, I feel like because my business has been so rooted in social media, which is a constantly evolving type of a thing. Um, being able to stay flexible and be nimble and evolve and ebb and flow with social media and with the social media that's working specifically for you. And that's the key because I'm not on every single social media platform and I'm not trying to build a huge following on every single one. I'm just doing it on the ones that really make the most sense for my business, which I think is important for a lot of people to keep in mind when they're trying to grow their social media. Um, I tend to really think, you know, a year or two in advance and just think about, how I'd like to grow the business and for me, it's an expansion continuing to expand and continue to do more of what we've already done and delve into how I can help people more in terms of content. I think that right now is a really interesting time with us being at home. Some of the content that we used to do really doesn't make sense right now um and or it doesn't it doesn't feel as important right now and that's and that's something that we that we've had to evolve, and there's some things that I can do now more than now that I'm home and that make more sense because we're all sort of living through this interesting time that we've never dealt with before. There are certain things that people want to see more of and certain things that don't really make sense right now. So just sort of evolving, evolving our plans a little bit right now temporarily, but also sort of going forward because I think that while this situation that we're in right now feels temporary for everybody, um, It's still a change of a new world that's coming that we're not flipping like a switch back to quote unquote normal on a certain day. It's going to be an evolution back to what we what we knew before. So I know that was kind of vague, but basically just saying that I'm going to do more of what I've been doing, but also very much keeping in mind what's happening in the world and making sure it makes sense
0: somebody, Joy, who has such a strong root in entrepreneurial skills and in design and creativity, I'm sure you will find new and exciting ways to evolve the blog and on your social media presence as well. And uh, for folks that, again, want to get involved with Joy's products, uh, ojoy.blogs.com is where you can find the blog landing page, has links to all of her presences on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook and YouTube and there's so many great links out there. You can go get your hands uh, dirty in some of these awesome skills and, uh, and areas of expertise that Joy is an expert in here. And uh, you know, Joy, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. Again, I feel like I know a little bit more about this topic when I came in knowing very little prior to it. So thank you for educating this alumnus and for sharing your Orange success story.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast.